imagine what they'll do to me if anything happens. I want to get us out of here. Still out there. You've got to believe that. You're not going to kill us. You don't have the balls to. Good evening. It is your weekly. I said good evening again. It is your weekly Fear the Walking Dead cast because that's when we do this. So put up with me. Uh, I'm Scott 2.0, Scott McGregor, uh, along with my usual co hosts, the Hugheses, Beth and Brian. Um, so hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, getting down to the wire here, as they say. And uh, Brian has uh, graciously agreed to do the synopsis this week. And so I'm just going to kick it right to you, sir. The episode opens to our favorite hotel on the beach, bursting with people at the gates. Not the infected. Yeah, I wonder how that happens. <laughs> yeah, but living people. They all saw the lights that Madison turned on in the previous episode and saw it as an invitation. And Madison and the others are held up behind the gates and saying, sorry. And as a group outside begs and pleads, Madison sees a chrysalis Travis slither from the back of the crowd outside all the way through to the gate. And that was just the opening tease. I mean, as if only I'm sorry would be sufficient enough for the crowd. Uh, I mean, they fucking want in. I'm, I'm biting Maddie. my tongue until the end, and then I'm just going to take this point by point. I'll tell you this. I counted 50 people at the gate there. Mm-hmm. Right at about 50 people at that gate. And that there gate are 43. And like three stopping them. Okay, that's there it. There are I'm, don't, 43. Don't even allow me to talk until the end, or I'll just <laughs> monopolize everything. All right, so <laughs> after the opening tease, the story goes back to right when Chris shoots the farmer in the chicken coop. Now, baby James also got shot in the leg, and Travis comes to the rescue with his secret sewing skills. Now, Travis is able to sew up James's leg and watches as James plays tough under the circumstances, even though he cried like a baby. Travis then takes it upon himself to bury the dead farmer, lamenting the fact that he didn't know the guy's name. And, uh, well, I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll just go all the way through it and, let, and I'll comment at the end. Sound good? Well, you guys, you, you know, feel free to break in on yourselves. I'm just, I need to... <laughs> I've actually like practiced this almost a couple times, so I just want to. Okay. I don't want to <laughs> impede about, things too too badly by starting it now. Yeah. What I have to say about this particular shot when they when they shot this sequence, did anyone really get a real good look at Chris's face when Travis? Okay, so James gets shot and Travis ran to go get the items to stitch James up mm-hmm. but did you see when he walked press past Chris near the barn doors the look on Chris's face Chris's face said it all it was like he knew it was for nothing right there and then oh. he had already made up his mind and that his dad was wasting his time I mean I really already think that Chris knew Brandon was going to kill him, and why was his dad wasting his time? Uh, if, so, Chris, if Chris knows his dad, he knows why he's doing these things. 
Maybe I mean, he's yeah, he can gone sit there full and, psycho. Yeah, <laughs> he can sit there and say it's a waste of time. But, I mean, that's why he looked at his dad the way he did throughout the entire episode, because he knows what his dad is going to do. Yeah, but James knew what he was going to do. That's why he kept faking it out. Yeah. But but don't you think if if they would have just let it go, don't you think he would have lived? I mean, maybe an infection set in, maybe he would have got sick, but it's not likely if you clean the wound and and you do all those things to get better. I think he just needed time, oh, yeah. and they just wouldn't give him time. I think that was the whole point. That's just uh, <laughs> the Chris rushed the expiration date you know, a little bit, or Brandon did, I suppose, but to the group. Yeah, yeah, that's my whole point, <laughs> that they, they decided his fate for him. You know, I just, it pisses me off in a way, and I really hated it. <laughs> Well, it, they they had the in the car, uh, you know, the in, in, in the car mindset. You know, when uh, the average person gets behind the car, uh, gets behind the wheel of their car, it doesn't matter where they're going, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, and it doesn't matter if they're late, early, on time, or whatever. For whatever reason, when they get behind the wheel, they're in a hurry. They they don't want to sit still. They want to go, go, go. They don't want to be sitting at a stoplight. They don't want to be, you know, stuck in traffic. They just want to go. And that was Travis's mentality the whole episode was just want to go. He, he wants to be somewhere else because somewhere else is going to be better as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I get it. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I and, and the, you know, as far as Travis goes, you know, the, Travis, you know, went there and showed some incredible usefulness to these guys and you know he may be a wet blanket, but you know they they went too hard to distance themselves from him in in, in this episode with their little with their little uh, game, deal here as as it was put. Um, all right, so cutting to nighttime, the Bromigos are cooking chicken over a live fire, and Baby James keeps his brave face and tries to tell Travis he isn't hurting so bad. But uh, we know he's hurting real, real bad. Now, let me ask you this, though. Going back to when Travis was sewing him up and they turned him over, and he just starts screaming bloody murder. Did you think that to mean something other than he had a bullet go through his leg, like there was something else wrong? No, he was just in pain. Yeah, I didn't really see it that way. Yeah, I didn't. Based on that, did it seem like the bullet broke the leg? Or did it just go through the muscle? It just tore the muscle. We don't have your your knowledge of anatomy, Doctor. I, I <laughs> have no clue. I don't even think about... <laughs> like, I wonder what the internal damage is like in that leg. Gentlemen, you are about to enter the most fascinating sphere of police work, the world of forensic medicine. All right, so Travison tries to have a lovely father-son chat with Chris, where Chris lays out his innate shameness. Uh, Chris uses some of Travis's old advice on fitting in as an excuse for his behavior and then tells Travis he needs to try and fit in as Chris feels he needs to be with the Bromigos. Then we cut back. Be careful how you play this one, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he gave him the advice. You know, the, 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 the one thing that's obvious is that Chris has concern for Travis. 
And that's pretty much what saved Travis's life for the most part of all this time with the Bromigos. I think. Well, Chris I, was so willing to not be sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure he cares he about his father all that much. Yeah, I don't he know. literally said to his dad, "I'm so sorry, but I'm not that. I'm not sorry." Yeah. Well, he's not sorry and that he killed. That he's not sorry that they killed baby James. He's not sorry that he killed the farmer. But he is not going to kill Travis. He cares for Travis. He genuinely cares for and has concern for Travis. We've seen I this. I don't know where in the hell you're getting this from when he allowed some. <laughs> it's the actor. He just the you want to like him, but we we have to accept that he's 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 gone bye bye. He's gone funny. I, I mean, he allows one of the Bromigos to hold a gun to his father's head. Right, but he knew where he was going to shoot him. Where are you getting this from? What, what are you getting it from? And it goes back to the episode with with uh, Travis's feet hurting him so bad. You know, it wasn't Chris wanting to, to get his first chance to drive a car. Chris was genuinely concerned about his father. Now, right. you could say he was only concerned because he didn't want his father he to didn't turn know how into to drive a the car yet. Well, he didn't want his father <laughs> to turn into a walker and try to eat him. But yeah. I, I take it more, you know, he still cares for his father. Uh, isn't his faith in humanity cute, Beth? <laughs> Oh my gosh! For I, real? I just I, I just think Chris has kind of actually just gone, and he told his father he's just he's gone full apocalypse, and and he sees everything either as a liability or benefit at this point. And he pointed out to Travis, it's like, good, you're being, yeah, sure, he's got a deep down. I don't think I, I guess we've lowered the bar so far that just not killing someone means that you still care about them, or not allowing your friends to kill your father. Father means you still care about him. I know. So, I, I'm I so not down with this. Well, can yeah, you no, guys, but can, I'm so not with this at all. The hell, no way. Can you guys, if, for a moment, then explain why the Bromigos didn't just kill Travis at they all? No reason. It didn't benefit them at all to kill him. He's not sick. He's not taking yeah. anything from him. And not only that, at that point, they didn't think that he wasn't going to go with them. They thought he was. Right, and he still may have some, you know, they thought he could just, you know, he would fall into line and he'd be benefit to them. You know, yeah, so. because he wasn't supposed to leave his son, so yeah. they thought. Yeah, okay. All right. So I think they only, I said, I don't think they're, they're obviously bloodthirsty, but I don't think they're, they're just pragmatically Psycho. I, they're pragmatic psychopaths. They just—they're not going to just hunt down people. Okay, that's a know. great name for a band. The pragmatic <laughs> yes, psychopaths. Trademark that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we cut back to the current story. I mean, but what? didn't you think at any point in time when all this shit was happening and his son and that other dude, I don't even know his damn name, was holding a gun to Travis's head, that now is the time you pull out a can of whip ass as soon as they let you up or just before? I mean, can you believe his son went over there, well, dad, you know, and wants to sit down and talk to him? Well, I mean, um, he wants to talk to him like he so genuinely gets it. Yeah. I get I get it, Dad. I get why you want me to learn this. I I get it. Bullshit. <laughs> it's not getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, getting a little ahead of ourselves. But I got to ask you, Scott, uh, of, of the three Bromigos, 
which one's Chevy Chase, which one's Steve Martin, which one's Martin Short? I think the one that held the gun to Travis's head was Martin Short, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't know if I could quantify that. I, I don't find any of them as funny as anyone in that movie. So well, I, I didn't. I, I never saw. That's what I slapped the shit out of most of them. So. I, I never saw I that. Too. I never saw Ishtar either. Okay, so I have such a huge issue with that whole. Steve Martin uh, and Martin Short and Chevy Chase make me want to laugh. These guys make me murdery. So <laughs> well, then they've done their job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we cut back to the current story with Travis outside the gate at the hotel with the mob while Madison tells the others to let him in as he's family. And in one of the worst handled gate scenes ever, they allow only Travis into the hotel yard. <laughs> and I, I don't know how. First. He, I mean, not playing anything yet. Not playing anything yet. <laughs> Because anybody could have grabbed Maddie and strangled her, which is what they would have done in any normal situation. Somebody would have gotten their hands on her. And more than just Travis would have been able to to get into the gate. And I hate to do this, but I have to let the dog out. (laughs) One moment. That much farther until I can rant freely. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I think you can probably imagine most of it. <laughs> the worst part probably. is the dog is going to want back in within two, three minutes tops. So might, might as well not. Uh, That's how people know this shit is live, real people, not some podcast bot that <laughs> some mad scientist has dreamed up. <laughs> Although I, I would like to think a scientist would make a higher quality podcast bot than me. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. When podcasts take off, when good podcasts go bad. Uh, <laughs> I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. <laughs> well, AI is getting good. I uh, now dub them podcasts. On the lighter side, our sea monkeys are breeding again. I gaze into my crystal ball and see some monkey business going on in your life. I see, I see sea monkey eggs being added to prepared water and amazing pets coming to life. I see them swimming and doing crazy things. The future looks bright for your pets. They will grow and have many little ones with just a little love and care. Yes, there's no doubt about it. I see sea monkeys in your future. Sea monkeys, the amazing instant pets for the whole family. Yay! They still they make those poor bastards and yes. no. freeze dry them to be reincarnated somewhere in and some we you have know, human's fucking. Yeah, I, 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 I saw them at the store. They were at Walmart in the toy section we for like what? six bucks. Why isn't PETA ever got on that? You know, they're all about, oh, don't wear fur, but whoever thinks of the fucking sea monkeys? Brian. Uh, <laughs> bad side, man. They'll throw blood on us. And shit. I mean, you know, I, I read about them ever since I was a kid. Him? We've had them for about a uh, good six months easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was before summer uh, started when when uh, when we did that. And, you know, we hatched and we wound up with like 20 swimming around in there. And as time has gone on, it's dwindled down. Yeah, and no, they've, they've tried breeding a few here. times, but yeah. it's dwindled down to three. And then all of a sudden, just a couple days ago, one of them uh, spontaneously created its own egg sac. 
<laughs> All right. They, they can asexually reproduce. Yeah, well, and did we like, see what happened with Jurassic Park. They thought they just had females. But. Not to That's be outdone. Right. Life finds a way. Yeah, not to be outdone, though. The other two said, forget you, we're screwing. And so the other two are currently right now in a life lock with each other. Awesome. And so they're doing the deed. It takes them days to do the deed. Yeah, dude, they're stuck like Chuck, for <laughs> real. <laughs> and so they're they're in there doing their business right now, and the other one's just sitting there going, I don't care, I'm already pregnant any day now, you know. So <laughs> so who knows, here in a few weeks we'll probably have 20, 30 more little uh, brine shrimp swimming around in the little itty-bitty tank. That was the shit was just magical when I was a kid. I, don't, I can't even believe they still exist. I mean, it must only be people they, our age that remember that that still buy them for their not kids. Only that, <laughs> not only do they exist, but now you get a little tank with it. Oh, nice. They well, give you, you a little tank, and you can, and they have other oh, tanks that. that you can actually put little things in, just like a real fish tank, and they can swim yeah. in and around it. And boy, they just go to town, especially in the light. They love the light. They were awesome. We used to see the ads in the backs of our comic books, and you know, like yeah, a couple bucks in the mail, and someone would you know mail you animals that you could raise, and it's like being Doctor Frankenstein. It was yeah, and, and you know, did I, you ever? Do the ant farm though? No, I just, uh, just where I grew up, we had a pretty large abundance of ants anyway, so I never really had the. Mostly it was, sorry again, PETA and Buddhists, but I, you know most of my childhood was spent killing yeah, as many is... ants in the house as I could <laughs> during the summer. But you so. know, it was the most amazing thing to sit there. My dad made me an ant farm when I was a little kid, and he made it really skinny right and then we went to the trails and we dug an ant pile and they were huge ants and so we dug out an ant pile and we were able to put the ants in a little jar and then we dumped them into the ant farm and in a day they had built all these little tunnels. It was so freaking amazing. And then you're supposed was... to pour gasoline on it and nuke the whole site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> I was not that cruel. <laughs> no, I, I think... Next week on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom with the Hughes and the McGregor. Um... <laughs> Okay, let's examine the best ways to murder small insects. Well, no, the, the now the thing is, is like you know we've got we get infestations of what they call fire ants here in Texas. Yeah, and they are just as nasty as can be. And Reason seven hundred and sixty three never why I should never move to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and I keep a list. Florida is bigger than you guys. What so they like to do, get, what okay. they like to do to bit, these things. Yeah. Go wait, go when you get bit by a fire ant. You can get scared because if it's just one bite, you're like, okay, now, is it a brown recluse bite or is it an ant bite? Because they look the same. Yeah. They really do. But the fire ant bite hurts really a lot at first and continues to hurt, mm -hmm. whereas the brown recluse bite doesn't even show up for like a day it just kills you yeah <laughs> and it, well no i mean beth actually got bit by a brown recluse about what 15 years ago was it no it was yeah. longer than that it was, it was longer than 15 yeah. years ago you were 
Some people care. I had a friend who was in the hospital for weeks because of one. So, yeah, it's, it goes oh, either yeah. way. But. Well, I tell you. Well, she was in the hospital for a good while for, for that. I w- this was yeah. before me, though. Yeah, he poisoned my blood. Yeah. <laughs> it got so bad. Mm-hmm. Ouch. But, um, no, what they do to the fire ant nest here is, that, is some of these people, real industrious, will go and they will melt aluminum. And they will pour it down into oh the fire God, ant nest. Oh, my God, they sure will. And then they'll uh, dig it up because it creates a piece of art. Yeah, yeah with dead ants in the middle of it. Sure. The, yeah, well, which is really cool. just completely <laughs> evaporated. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, the, the shape so of the nest is just incredible. <laughs> okay, so shall I uh, pick up? Please continue. Yes, yes. Okay, sure. now, uh, last uh, last we mentioned, Travis had gotten into the had a good tangent a while. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back from a break with a really cool drone shot moving up on the hotel towards the room in which Maddie and Travis are staying. And Travis starts acting all PTSD on Maddie as she offers the comforts of ho- of the hotel. Shower, food, maybe her. Oh, we've been having any of that yet. Yeah. <laughs> He asks her about Nick and, uh, you know, to find out that he's gone. She asks about Chris, and he says that he had no choice. Back uh, in the flashback to the Bromigos, a week has passed, and they have let baby James heal some. But they're ready to head to San Francisco. They've eaten all the food, and they want to get out. Travis resists, but the boys won't have it, not even Chris. Baby James tells them that he is good to go, though he's obviously lying. Now, uh, in this time, Travis had found the name of the farm farm owner and takes the time to put it on the guy's grave marker. Everyone else loads up into the pickup truck for the trip to fiery San Francisco. But they can't make it down the driveway without baby James passing out in pain. Travis tells the boys... Ned Picker, San Diego, actually, they were trying to get to. Right, that's oh, right, man, San you know, Diego. My, my bad. You know, I started thinking fiery and, you know, just, well, San Francisco's come out there. The San Francisco survived, man. Take it back. I won't, <laughs> won't be having my precious San Francisco be zombified. Too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too late for that. <laughs> now, uh, Travis tells the boys that the ride will kill him, so they take him back to the barn. Later, Travis hears the bros talking about what they should do. The bros feel that baby James is not getting any better, and Travis says he needs more time. Travis sees the bros just want to kill James and move along. He grabs Chris's gun and shows Brandon he's not afraid to use it by shooting at the ground. Uh, obviously scared the shit out of him. Yeah. He did Sorry. scare the shit out of him. And the one thing <laughs> Briefly. that we, we've had an idea of is that Brandon has not really made use of the gun, that he's afraid to, that he hasn't yeah. actually had the balls to kill anyone, even though he accused Travis of just the same thing right there. The clever move would have been to shoot fucking Brandon in the leg and be like, oh, okay, let's... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I have, too. okay? <laughs> I am so for real. Okay, since when in the hell do you ever let some fucking 20-year-old kid start to boss you around? I don't think so. Especially when I invited you to go ahead and stay with us. No. And then... Travis has this parenting shit all backwards, okay? Especially with Chris. I mean, what the hell? He's letting his kid tell him what to do. And his kid is outsmarting his ass. (laughs) I mean, there's no way in hell you're going to get this kid, Brandon, as if he has this good 
idea. Oh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and pretend like I'm not going to keep Travis uh, around his son. Do you get where I'm I'm going with this? Because he thinks he's that Travis isn't going to shoot him. He huh. antagonizes him. Oh, you're not going to shoot me. He don't have the balls. He, he may have a point because Travis didn't when he should have. <laughs> he yeah. should have kept yeah, off him. Really, <laughs> this would have been so different if Travis really did shoot him. If Travis would have shot him, all of a sudden, you would have had Chris thinking, well, maybe my dad is a badass. I bingo, yeah. He would have, uh, maybe my dad is who I should have shown be. his worth, quote unquote, to Chris. <laughs> yeah, show him that he could be a real leader. Yeah, and but he that would have been. Bother. What the hell? But that well, would have been, as far as Travis was concerned, a wasteful moment because he does not see. Brandon, even at this stage, Yeah, it was against his dis- character. Yeah, as I a mean, disposable yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, but th- therein lies, unfortunately, being right. <laughs> you well, know, that he, again, this goes well, back I mean, to... Not that he doesn't have the balls, but he just, yeah, he's too good of a person. Well, the, come on. He's a... What, what is he, a school teacher in yeah. California? I mean, you know, if he was any older, he could have gone to Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people now. Smile on each other. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Travis is not too far from being a hippie. That should be our out song this week. Let's <laughs> to use that one. Okay, so we come back from another break to find Travis watching over James again, this time brandishing the gun that he took from Chris. James tries to explain the bros need to put him down by telling Travis about their old bud, Troy, who had been bitten. When the time came, Brandon lost his nerve and James put down their friend. He knows the bros think he is dying and that they should put him down before he becomes one of the wasted. Travis guards James in the barn for the rest of the night. This whole time, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Travis is putting the cross in the ground and he tells Chris, um, tells him to hurry. And then he responds, well... Tell them to wait, you know, and he's got that mad side. And I'm like, oh, damn, maybe this is the moment he's going to do it now. Pull out a can of whip ass. No. Okay. Now. Damn. No. Okay. Now. Right to the edge there a lot. Damn it. Now. (laughs) And it never happens. And I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat, like he's going to do it. And he never does it pisses me off so bad. Do you know what it makes me think of? Um, and the, and, and uh, the guys on the Fire and Water Network uh, reminded me of this in the movie High Fidelity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim Robbins' character. Yeah. Conflict re- resolution is my specialty. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, know, you, you just know that that's what Travis is sitting there. What, that's what it sounds like you, you expect Travis to say at any point in time. And this is just another conflict for him to, for him to resolve. Yeah. But it's just not that simple especially when you're dealing with young men and their testosterone and 
Uh, I don't know how Maddie doesn't fall into that more often because she was the one that was actually a school counselor, and that's like you gotta sling that bullshit all the time as a school counselor, not so much necessarily as just a teacher. But but really, how you do it is by showing them that you're a damn leader and don't go against what I said because what I say, I mean. Don't test me. Yeah, but he's trying to lead from the side of the angels, and it's just not going to work on this crew. It's ridiculous. But I get that. That's what this whole show is, even the other one, too, is can we retain our humanity? You know, is it important to retain our humanity in in the light of all this disaster and horribleness? <laughs> so, and you always have to have, you know, and they end up usually probably dying for their ideals in the end, you know, or being stupid and trying to save one life and losing five other people because of it. You know, but we always have to have this character that tries to be the moral center and Said yes. Which is Alicia? Her too. Yeah, we'll get to my badass Alicia here in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, the next- fucking boss. <laughs> the way she handles shit at that hotel once all the yeah once yes. they let all the people in anyway. Okay, I'll shut up now. We'll, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. The next and morning, she's starting to learn Espanol. Pretty bitch. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Are you sure? I, I can wait a little longer. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. The next morning, we, we find James sleeping and Travis still awake when Chris comes a calling. Travis frisks him, and they have a conversation about the Bromigos. Chris tells Travis that lives should matter and people are not disposable. But as soon as he and Travis begin to hug, he holds him down as the two other Bromigos storm in and grab Travis's gun. Brandon then comes, and though James is begging him to let him live, uh, Brandon blows baby James' brains out. Later, as the Bromigos are getting ready to leave for the last time, Travis again pleads with Chris to stay with him. But Chris has made up his mind, and he feels he's in the right. He rides off with the Bromigos as Travis stands there and damns him out loud. Travis then buries baby James and heads off to the coast. And by the way, the shot that they did on James, that was awesome. That was was painted. (laughs) They painted that on. We're all horrible. And it looks they killed that motherfucker real real. good. That was great. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you like me? (laughs) Love you, Beth. (laughs) I just always have to like wrestle with my own conscience when I watch shows like this. Like, why am I doing this? Not how I learned in Sunday school. <laughs> but seriously, the makeup job they did was awesome. Yeah. And it was just paint. It could have been a sticker, but it looked really good. Yeah, it looked really good. And then, as I understand it, they had his face done like that before the shot, but they used CGI to cover it up. Yeah. yeah it until it, you know, good stuff, man. until it happened. Yeah. Now, did you watch the expression on Brandon's face the, the whole time as this went on before and after he shot Baby James? Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we've been led to believe that he might not have the balls to do it either. So, uh, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised when he did, and he was equally horrified and relieved, I think, is kind of how I read it. And that's how I read, you know, I almost feel like it was peer pressure that they were, you know, especially his other buddies were talking to him, you know, before they had to do this and be like, you got to be the one, man, because you choked on it before, so... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was going to have to do it at some point if he wanted to remain the leader. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Travis's conversation with Chris there at, at, the, at the back of the bed of the pickup truck, that is a conversation that, that I've seen and heard many times, and you just know there's no talking that, that one person out of it. Yeah. They, are, mm. they are convinced – Balls to bone that that that's you know that they, they're doing what they need to be doing. As a teenager, every teenage boy that has had a father around any significant amount of time has had that <laughs> that feeling of you don't know what the hell you're talking about, old man. I'm, you know. Yeah. It's uh, the oldest and story in the book. And that's just a form of growing up. Yeah. You're so willing to stand up for your beliefs, no matter how wrong you may be. It's just how you feel, and that's all because of inexperience. You don't know yet. You, you know? also do anything to be accepted. There is a level of peer pressure there, too. Oh, boy, no kidding. <laughs> now, when you know how um, Chris goes in there and he's all, you know, about the um, he gets it. I mean, seriously, Chris should be a fucking actor, don't you think? <laughs> well, he no. pulled that shit off so good. <laughs> I mean, that's a psychopath. That's someone who can do that with no emotion on the inside, but make you believe that they have it on the outside. Yeah, yeah he really, his dad didn't want to trust him, but there he is listening to the bullshit. I mean... And it, it just didn't pay off. We Not de- at all. derailed Brian again. This is why he doesn't agree to do a lot of these. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm cool on that. And, you know, that, that whole segment right there was one that just really – and I'm talking more about, you know, Chris Chris's betrayal. Yeah, and and you know the the Bromigos coming in and got the one guy holding you know Martin Short holding the gun to his head, um, you know Chris never had that moment of fear on his face. No, you know that oh they might kill his dad. I didn't think they would though. Not at that point. I think mean, he's all the way gone at that point. He might have had oh, some yeah. concern for his father in the beginning of the episode, but I think he. He's so he made gone. his final decision when he decided to let them kill baby James, and he's just like, for sure, it. yeah, it's all cost benefit. At this yeah. point. he is so gone, gone doesn't <laughs> even know it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, so uh, let me see. Back at the hotel with Maddie, as Travis finishes telling her a story, he recognizes the amazing coincidence in finding her in seeing the hotel lights when he did. Tells her that he left Chris and he failed Chris's mother. He pours out his heart to Maddie. So naturally, she leaves him to go find Alicia. So we next find that the group in the hotel has turned the parking garage into sort of a refugee triage center, which was real, real quick, by the way. They took in 43 new people. Madison finds Alicia playing triage I.e. Uh, 43 at least victims for the, the season finale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because we really didn't see much of who it was. Yeah. But man, so I, I they mean, can choose anyone. How long? Needs to meet for the grinder for the next it, couple episodes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, there can be a bloody scene. But based on how this episode has gone, we know that Travis basically came into the hotel they let him in. She takes him up to 15th floor, wherever, to the room. He doesn't want to sleep. He doesn't want to shower. He doesn't want to eat. He doesn't want to fuck. He just, you know, sitting there trying to process what's going on. So the, the time that he spent with Maddie almost seems like real time from the beginning of the episode to that point. 
yeah. 45 minutes or 50 minutes of them just sitting there talking about what happened, him yeah. explaining to her all what happened. And then Maddie goes downstairs, and all of a sudden, they've got a medical triage station built in the parking garage, and they've let 43 people in from outside. And they got all the sheets and everything pulled out, and they've pulled out the medical stores. And no, that's, I'm sorry, that's just a little too quick. A little it's because Alicia's a fucking boss, man. She's, Maybe, she's, but. End of, this, end of this season, she's either queen of the apocalypse or dead. There's no middle. But it job. didn't look like Alicia was running this show. <laughs> no, like no, well, I mean, the other guy had some medical there. I forget what his yes. name was. Uh, was <laughs> it Alejandro? Generic probable casualty next episode. No, Alejandro's the guy at the... the, the well, there's Oscar and... Um, yeah, and uh, shit. It's not Hector. Yeah. No, that's uh, Elena's nephew. Okay, it's, the, huh. it's the, the guy that basically is not a doctor, but is a doctor. Yeah. No, it <laughs> was, every doctor it was in the son-in-law. Uh, was it? He okay. was there, but he's the not... The son-in-law of the mother... That's Oscar. Right. Oscar, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's who it was. Okay. Okay, so Maddie takes Alicia out to the pier, and she takes this moment to tell her that her father actually killed himself in that car accident, that he had left a note. It said, I love you all, but enough's enough. Madison uses this as a way to justify why she kept it a secret from them, mostly for Nick, who is so like his father. She also used it to justify why Nick always got more attention. Maddie apologizes, and Alicia accepts it, but does not offer forgiveness. She just says she loves her. Finally, Travis takes a but shower. that is forgiveness. I think that so. That is her forgiving her and her saying, it's all right, Mom, it's okay. She didn't say she it's forgave all right, her. it's okay. She just says, I love you too. But, but I mean, she said similar things in, in previous episodes. I think Alicia forgave her mom a long time ago. I mean, she, she kind of yeah, lashed out. she wouldn't out. be there. Yeah. She, she kind of lashed out at her, you know, a couple episodes ago, but I still think she's kind of dealt with that already or she wouldn't be as sure-footed as she has been in this show you know well i i think she reserves the right to have a bitch fit about it some point in the future especially if nick turns back up exactly right all the way through man that's (laughs) yeah okay so finally travis takes a shower and we see new refugees come up to the hotel gates in the night included in this latest group are the two remaining Bromigos without Chris. Dun, dun, dun. I've read some people say they could notice they noticed him in the back, but I, I, I didn't see him on the second viewing. I couldn't take, see any piece of him. I still don't see him. I, I didn't see him. But either. I think he was in the previous. We know Travis week. calls his name. But I went through the the preview for next week very closely and never saw anything or anyone actually look like Chris. Hmm. There was a crowd scene, but there wasn't a Chris in there. So uh, now, we'll see. now maybe do you think Travis will pull out a can of whip ass because I, his son is not there? I don't expect that to go well, and I expect we'll be getting some kind of flashback on why the Bromigos didn't make it anywhere near freaking San Diego. You know, what's interesting is that everything they've done from the beginning are always throwbacks or flashbacks, you know, and I just... I, I am so tired of the flashbacks. It's like this particular show wants to do it all the time. And I, I'm just like, can we just go 
forward from here without doing all the flashbacks because they use it a lot. They don't use it that much in The Walking Dead, but they are doing it a lot in this Fear the Walking Dead. I think it can be used to better effect, and it's one of my big rants about this show. I didn't hate this episode, but um, let me kind of go through a couple points um, because I've been dying to for like five days now. Um, (laughs) First of all, and I think you guys agree with me, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, the the freaking gate scene. I'm like... It was just ridiculous. It never should have happened that way. They should have, like, found Travis roaming around the back door or something and let him in. It just was, it stretched logic way too far, as this show does a lot. And it almost broke this time. There was a chain on the gate when they snuck him in, but there's no way if that crowd wanted in, they weren't getting in. And I'll bet they wanted in pretty badly. Yeah. yeah. And then when they just freaking let him in later, I probably let out a yell that Honeywell heard across the, the. the driveway. <laughs> like, well, of course you let him in anyway, you freaking, uh, you know, why not just have some kind of, why not just acquiesce to the, the fact that they're going to come in? You know, Maddie could have just been like, all right, we, we'll have to work this out, but there's plenty of room for all of you because there fucking is. It's a giant yeah. hotel room. It's a giant hotel. True. So it's just more kind of sloppy. I mean, no, they had to kill two birds with one stone. They had to see that Maddie screwed up, which no one was as angry about as they should have been, either. Yeah, people should have been as angry as they were uh, from the finale of The Walking Dead. And especially, if you wanted to do the gate scene like that, you you could have at least, and it would have been easy that, you know, at least establish that they had some weapon. They were holding, like, wrenches and shit. You know, and that, that's not going to stop yeah, an empty just, mod that out, right. outnumbers you eight to one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, you know, at least establish that they found a shotgun or something laying around the hotel, and you can have a couple guys with guns standing there, and then Travis can come in safely, and no one is going to fuck with him. But, but does anybody at the hotel have guns? <laughs> Hey, well, well, no, know, but I mean, that's not my hotel, point. It's they probably like, have. Yeah, somebody. They probably to. do have. Um, what do you call the safes in the room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, a hotel's got to be able to have the ability to reset it and get into those safes. Yeah, someone forgets their password. You no, know, one shotgun strapped under the the main intake desk there, or something for. for and who's to say they didn't go hunt for one? Yeah, I mean, just, it's not that hard to, it, it Helen is going <laughs> to know where all that is. That's I'll, I'll, I'll buy more that you found a couple pistols in a hotel that is usually stayed in by hundreds of people than I will an angry, hungry, scared out of their freaking minds mob isn't going to bust down a measly gate chain. So it's like, work with me. You need to start hiring me, Brian, and Beth as your writers, Walking Dead people. <laughs> no, just and a script consultant. You're right. Just a right. script yeah. consultant. That, that'll work, too. Whatever. There, no, this is not going to fucking Whatever work. Is they the can't do that. the highest for the least amount of work. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> for that. Yeah, I'm like, give us some credit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I said, it's, I, This shit don't fly. And I, I just, I can't wonder, you know, uh, enough when I, I nitpick like this that I, is it just me being no. a consumer of too much of this stuff all the time and deciding I had, you know, somebody wants to listen to me talk about it. And so I have to come up with 
fairly logical things to say about it, you know, positive or negative. And I've got two two statements to make, logical statements to make that deal with a lot of this right here. You know, yeah. as far as the whole thing with Madison. Stupidity. <laughs> oh no, no. And, and you know, Madison, with Madison and with Chris. You know, the thing is, number one, the writers want to get us from A to B. All right. And, you know, they've been at A for a long time. They want to get to B. We're at that A and a half moment. And that oh, yeah. a, a and a half moment is where the writer has to make whatever concessions possible to make them be able to get to B, even if that means making someone go against, you know, what they normally do. The other thing, though, the other caveat they have to throw in is that ever since Game of Thrones has been, you know, turned into this TV series. And I'll even go further than that. I'll say uh, Galactica was mm-hmm. a good example of this, that writers are struggling with everything that they write to make sure that you know that every single character will cross the line of their own conscience because everybody has evil in them. Yeah, it's it's all a world of grays, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, but I mean, then they do throw, yeah, it's, it's not a black and white world, but I mean, you have varying degree, varying degrees of it. Like Travis, you know, in the like point of view character that always tries to do the most moral thing. And, and you have people like Chris who just decide that, uh, the, the way of the wolf is the best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One day though, Travis is going to snap. And woe uh, be to the person that's in his way then. I'm, I'm thinking that won't be too long from now. <laughs> I think we'll get us a Travis snap moment finally, you know, where he has to cross over that line possibly next episode. But, so, you know, the, the, that, and that's the one thing that I I, I can gripe about here, though, is that and, and maybe there's an answer that's forthcoming from the Bromigos. But we have seen, uh, aside from the uh, the Lemmings, that we watched drop a couple episodes back. We oh, yeah. have seen very, very few walkers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just... <laughs> it's, if they it's, had more walkers, though, seriously, if they had more walkers, this show would probably be a lot better than this stupidity we're getting right now. They'd be able to fill in the gaps of stuff that they have... That they have nothing to do. <laughs> do Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and and, and it's it's inter- interesting that there was more. Wa- there was actually more killing in the previous for next week than there was in all of this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw some wandering on the beach there. So I mean, we know that they, they've washed in. You know, the riptide didn't take all of them. I guess. No, but. no, you're right. Uh, I suspect, call me crazy, but uh, at least a small horde of them will be showing up, you know, <laughs> soon. They you, better you be have a couple, because maybe, couple walkers in maybe, maybe in this world of The Walking Dead, they got the wall built up by the border before uh, the apocalypse came. And so they're all oh, against shit. that no, wall. They don't. It could be, yeah. That, because, that'd be an and that's why the Bromigos couldn't get out because there was just <laughs> gi- this giant wall of refugee walkers trying to get into the U.S. Maybe they're saving that one for after Election Day. Although, see, Trump wouldn't have been elected in 2010. so we... Well, maybe they'll take us back to the water and explain 
who the damn guys were in the helicopters. Yeah, well. Because they still haven't done that yet. And the whole time I was anticipating, since they showed it on the commercial, where is it for real? Dangling threads. I'm sure they'll they'll get to it because yeah. the people like us harping them too. <laughs> well, we want we want to see what happened with Alex. We want to see what happened with the boat. Yeah, they've got a lot of dangling threads, and I don't, I don't know. I doubt they'll wrap them all up next week, but I mean, I think we'll get quite a bit of resolution. We'll, but haven't they been greenlit? Probably have a couple less main seasons. characters. <laughs> what? Haven't they been greenlit for two more seasons? At least one. I don't know about the second, but um, yeah. So at least one. Mm. All right. Well, well, if they don't change it, they're going to lose people. Because people just aren't going to stand for the mistakes they keep making. I, I liked uh, I liked most of the stuff between Travis and Chris, and I really like how the actor that plays Chris I should know his name by now um, sold that he I swear he sold full psychopath to me. I think he's gone. You know. No, you're right. He <laughs> did do that. That's no joke. Yeah, I said I think he's just. You know, the kid is a good actor. I got to give him that. And then when you walk him, uh, watch him on The Talking Dead, this kid has got his shit together, okay? He knows what he's talking about. It seems to be like a really great guy, really good kid that you would, wouldn't would mind having at your table having dinner with, you know, or having having a conversation with. Here's my direct uh, prediction for, for the Chris storyline, assuming they're going to give us something in flashback if he's not at the hotel, and that I think he's going to have a redemption moment with the Bromigos, and they're going to, like, try to kill a freaking 12-year-old girl or something, and he'll draw the line, and then he'll die, though. He'll, you know, they'll shoot him, or he'll... I, I think they'll do a small redemption thing for him, but he's gonna. I don't think he's I making don't. it past the end of the season. <laughs> I don't, and I'll tell you why. I think that he's gonna go missing. He'll go missing for a little while, finish the show that he's doing, and come back. Do a little bit more of fear. I mean, because he'll come back next season. And he'll be able to play on Fear the Walking Dead and also do the new part that he has on, uh, what's the show? No, I don't want to give it away uh, because if people haven't seen the other show, you know, they won't know that he's on it. Okay, so let's just say this. I, I just really don't think they're going to kill him off at all. I think that he's going to be able to come back next season. Cool. What's your prediction on that one, Brian? Oh, uh, yeah, I agree with her. He's going to be back. Uh, the Bromigos, though, are going to be uh, worm food here real soon. Yeah. I think yeah. I'll agree on that one, yeah. Mm -hmm. One way or another. Uh, any other Deadpool thoughts about any other characters? I have a feeling I that the whole heart-to-heart... -heart, another, here's one of my other rants. Maggie... Maddie. Uh, yeah, Maddie, not Maggie. Maggie's the other show, uh, who may also be dying soon. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, Maddie's little heart-to-heart -heart with Alicia there. For one, worst timed fucking heart-to-heart -heart talk in the history of heart-to-heart -heart talks. Yeah. I, yeah, I knew she had to get that out, but I just don't understand why when they just accepted a heaping, you know, bushel full of stress upon themselves with 43 new people. She just yanks, you know, Alicia away from saving lives, possibly, to 
to to depress the hell out of her and, and give her this news that could potentially just crush her spirit. <laughs> but, but you know, way to go, mom. Uh, couldn't have held that one in for a couple of days or something. Uh, well, you know, if if uh, Travis didn't talk to her about how he felt about Chris, then she might have not felt the need to go and and talk to Maddie. I mean, uh, to Alicia at all. That's my third major rant of this, and it's a bad one. That speech, the the second one between Maddie and Travis, was less one of the most painful things I've ever watched as far as dialogue on a TV show. And I'm standing by that. It was just bad. It, you could tell those actors hadn't acted together in a while. I never really was all in on the Travis and Maddie chemistry as far as those two actors at all. I just don't think they click together that well. I agree. I, oh I love gosh, the I guy agree? who plays Travis, and I think they should, what is it, Cliff Curtis? And the less they make him say sometimes, the better, because he has such an emotive face that, it, I mean, he does some really amazing shit without even talking as far as an actor. And that speech was just badly written. It was just very cliche, and it was too long. It felt like filler. It just felt like we got to kill some time here. And it, it almost felt like it was maybe, you know, not even rehearsed very well. I, I don't know. Am I the only one here? Because I just thought it was horrible. No, you, you totally are not. I am so down with that comment. And I got to say this. The chemistry, though, between her and... Um, Strand. Strand. Oh, my gosh. So They're much. the ones... That, yeah. Should have been married. I know, practically. And he was nowhere. He was like missing an action completely this episode so for some reason. Yeah, but I think they're going to kill him off. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't I'm know. worried that they're going to kill him off. Yeah. And if they do, what in the hell is going to happen to this show? Because Strand and Alicia are two of the strongest characters. Yeah. It being that Chris is now going to be absent. Well, I, think, I think Maddie's in danger because I don't know. It's a thing with the heart to heart talks and, you know, getting your last, you know, saying I love you for the last time and shit, you know, which Maddie didn't even really say, did she? It was Alicia that said I love you. Know, you. In the commercial, you see Strand getting shot yeah. in the belly. Yeah. He needs more wounds there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so that they just show too much of me. goddamn trailers. Nah, Strand, Strand is going to be back one way or another. He, he he's, he's, he's not he's dying next week. One of the stronger actors on the show too, so they'd be kind of foolish. If to get I would, of. if I would it have to make be. a prediction of deaths, uh, I've already said the Bromigos are going to be gone. Uh, either Alejandro or Luciana will be gone after next week's episode because that whole thing is going to come to a head. Mm, yeah. Uh, Nick is is gonna set out, and it looks like he's sitting there doing some smack. Oh, it great. Like he was he looked like he was setting up his heroin, and I only based that off the scene I saw in Pulp Fiction, not off of any. Uh, no, I think you're hundred. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, then again, they're listening right. to us because last week I you know, said they haven't addressed that in a while. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, as far as the hotel goes. Um, you know, there was already, you saw the lady that Alicia was looking at before, uh, she and Maddie started talking. The lady, you know, tells her I got hit with a baseball yeah. bat, but you saw that, that, that w wound on her back. Yeah. And it looked, it looked kind of rotted. 
You know, uh, not as rotted as, say, Alejandro's wound, where he supposedly got bit. But, you know, it looks like, you know, she had a a rotted wound. It did look more like a laceration than I would think a bat would be a contusion-type bruise thing. Exactly. Exactly. And so I I was curious about that, you know, what actually happened there. But if it did happen, it had to have happened, you know, not relatively recently. It looked like it would have had to have happened within a week or so, the way it was Mm. healed, the way it was healed there. And yeah. so if, if you know, if it had something to do with a bite, she would already be in the process of really oh, yeah. seriously dying. So maybe, maybe not. But there's got to have been some of this, you know, someone that's infected in some way, you know, they got bit on the pinky or whatever, trying to get into the hotel. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They're going to get attacked from, like, by bandits from the outside, basically. And, but, you know, the other... And, and, and something's going to happen on the inside. And the other thing, and, and I'm sorry, Scott. Scott, the other thing that I, I kept wanting to make a point about is that there is not a way to really lock down that hotel. Because no. if, if you look on the, the, the ground floor of most hotels... size truck could take that gate out. I don't yeah. care how many times. Well, then there's it. that, but then there's also the whole beachfront side. Yeah. Because one whole side of the hotel is facing the beach, and it's made so that the people can go down the elevator, out the doors, and boom, they're out at the beach. Now, there's typically a boardwalk. Which is why it made a whole lot of sense about what Scott was saying about why in the hell couldn't that whole scene with with the people up front, why Travis couldn't go to the side or in the back right. or Maddie say, hey, go around the back or go to the side and we'll get you yeah, in. Yeah, a fucking note or something. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, that wasn't even right. Yeah. No, so they could have chopped a couple of minutes off that speech and then given us something else there. Yeah, yeah it, it just been, made sense it to been do cool it the other to, way. To do a little James Bondian kind of action. Sure. Yeah. To, to get him in the hotel. Go down a blanket rope or something, lift him over the fence. I don't know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but then you'd have to walk in the courtyard where all the, the dead are still walking there, I'm, I'm assuming. Unless oh, I know. It's, it's me about. with my uh, back to zombies and there's a, a luxury hotel in front of me. I'm getting in that goddamn gate. I don't care. Now, exactly. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask, especially if you let someone in, yeah. I'd be damned if you're going to close it on me. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask was Travis walking to the coast and Travis in the hotel room. Did you get the feeling he was feeling suicidal? No, not really. I don't no, know. I got the feeling he was pissed off at himself yeah. for allowing him to let his son go. That's why that was even badly written, because he, he knows damn well he didn't let his son go. His son left, you know. Right. I, I can see why you would see it that way for a minute, but he ranted on about it for 10 minutes. He, he, yeah, he exactly. Just, he just felt that there was something that he could have said, some... Some magic yeah. phrase or something that would have made Chris go, "Oh, you're right. I don't. I, I, I want to." That's that's counter to see. That's that's a flaw in in the writing for his character. Then, in my opinion, because it, yeah. it was established before. I mean, that's the whole goddamn reason him and Chris were somewhere else because he knew that this was going on with Chris. Right. And he knew Chris wasn't safe to be. It was because of he held a knife over the girls in their bedroom. You know. <laughs> It's like, yeah, he's hard to see whole, the progression of the reasoning here. <laughs> that whole fucking long walk that he made from 
wherever he was at, all the way to the hotel, and then you want to tell me that you're still pissed off by the time you get there and want to take it out on Maddie? I, no, I don't want to eat. No. No, I don't want to take a shower. Well, hell. So they, they should have ended that. They Do should you want to piss? They should have basically ended that with him saying, you know, I, I had no choice, and then cut, and then... Let it go. Exactly. Kind of, and then just kind of assume that he explained shit to her, and you could have done that in a lot less time than that whole bit of dialogue. You know, it was just... I agree. I, it felt like they were just holding your hand through your through something the audience, even at their dumbest, could have figured out themselves. Now, of course he feels shitty about his son. Duh. You know? It's like, you know... Yeah, but what you gonna do and about I'll, it now? So stop crying over it. <laughs> right. You know. Call the ambulance. Like, yeah. Get over here. <laughs> Give me some love, and you smelly man who's been marching for three days without, you know, and much longer without a shower. Yeah. We have to wait <laughs> to the end of the episode to say, "Damn, he took a shower." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See that? I mean, it said that that would have been a great progression to the scene because that was a great scene for Cliff Curtis too, man. Just he he sold anguish more in that minute in the shower than he did in that whole speech beforehand. Yeah, uh, he does so much more when the writers don't give him crap to to talk about. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we love you, Cliff. We just want to see you get better stuff. But I think you make a really good point there in in that in this episode. I, I think this was one of those episodes where the showrunner and the writer were sitting there going, "What are we doing here?" And they said, we need, well, "They're we in a holding time. pattern. We've got yeah. to fill time. The toilet hasn't been flushed completely. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, they're they're just." You know, finding a way to sit there and circle the bowl a little bit more before they go all in. And they said, just make them talk some more. Make them talk in the hotel room. Make them talk out on the pier. Make them do this. And then let's just show Travis in the shower. Where, just where in the hell are our walkers, our floaters? It does say fear the walking <laughs> dead. Yeah, right? But, but again, you know, we sit there and that, that's dependent upon what their definition of the Walking Dead is because we've talked about this before. The Walking Dead sometimes seem to be the, the the dead, but more often than not, by our definition, the Walking Dead are the actual people that we see and watch every week on the show that are either going to be dead soon, and so therefore the Walking Dead or Dead Man Walking, so to speak, or they're like Nick and Rick and Carl as our you know, little uh, hypothesis has shown. No, I, I get it, but I want to see literally the <laughs> fucking Walking Dead. You want to see him killing walkers. Or what? walkers killing them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Are them at least trying to tear into the gate? I mean, you don't see a damn walk. So what? They put them in the rip. But I got to tell you. There are they are loads of them walking around. There, it shouldn't be so open where you don't see any. Yeah, we're gonna. It's got to be budgetary concerns more than anything, I think. And we're just they're trying to steer well, yeah, the focus. Putting it all in the Walking Dead. I, I, I think it's actually something a little different too. I, I think it's the showrunner for this one is wanting to 
distance himself from everything that you're seeing on the regular show. And, and it, we loved it in the first season how they kind of eschewed all the common tropes of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And every time it's like you had that pause, you know something is about to happen, and then it would be a different effect. And we thought, wow, this is really cool. They're still trying to do this right now. That, that's okay, though. They, they, yeah, you're right. They're, they're trying to focus on, you know, other people are the main are the main danger in this world. And it's the same way over on the other show. But the only problem with that is is that they're both moving in that direction because, I mean, it's going to be all people against people pretty much on the other side of it, you know, for a good chunk yeah. of time. It's going to be Negan and, and every that all whole mess. That's all just people on people, you know. Once they, I mean, especially in the comics, once they get into Alexandria and in secure places like that, it is... You know, they do start seeing a more people time. I get it, but well, it's no less better. Walkers, you know, and and they come up with systems to get around them, and they start figuring out patterns, and then you know, just killing yeah, them off in large numbers. But I, yeah, we I, haven't seen enough of them in this show. But I mean, if it's both shows are just going to go to people versus people, people are going to get bored very easily because we do want to see goddamn zombies in these shows that's right yeah now next week I, not a, I think that the walking dead writing is so much better in a lot of different ways well here's the way i figure out we're gonna see the, the, the colonia's little wall group there get out and about you know, yeah and uh that's gonna you know that'll probably overrun the colonia and maybe you know some of them will start wandering towards the hotel which i don't know everything's within five minutes of each other apparently <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because because Marco's group is ma- is basically making a big run. Yeah. In in the next episode, so that yeah, we're going to see that that go down, and hopefully Marco will get himself eaten. Uh, but but and and the one guy, the one that that apparently defected from the hotel, will maybe return. They've got like too many villains going right now, and too many plates spinning, and. They're going to be hard-pressed to wrap them all up in like an hour and a half next week. Yeah, and then uh, I think it's good to leave one thing left undone, which is... Uh, it might be Chris. Not yeah, it being might be, able to see Chris, yeah. right. So you leave that one thing left undone until we come back And there's Ophelia week. off and about, too, so I don't think they'll oh, be wrapping her true. up. She'll either disappear from the show altogether and they'll resolve her next week, or she'll be MIA and we'll be expecting to see her again, you know. Yeah, hopefully she'll become a more active person or she'll die because we don't see her much, that's for damn sure and she doesn't have much dialogue even when we do. I wonder if the uh, the show can survive without there being like one main group if, if the writers are talented enough to deal with it. I mean, most of the group's been split up most of the season. They're coming back together, but I mean, could they just continue with showing us the... I'd be okay with it, but I don't know if a TV audience in general would be just showing us the Ophelia story every now and then, giving her a whole episode and dealing with other people. Okay, I have a question because Mm -hmm. this... this, You know, you're bringing up a really good point that I want to ask about. You know, every once in a while... um, For example, I think it was two episodes, maybe three episodes ago, we can see that uh, 
the gentleman playing Ophelia's father yeah. uh, is on you can see his name that he's going to be on and then he never fucking shows so I and then on the previous Walking Dead you don't see his name there that he's going to show and then you do and then you don't I'm sorry I, I think they do that just it. to fuck with us but, or, uh, I mean IMDB is, is of course, uh, <laughs> yeah very it's it's you know it got a lot of contributions by the 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 readers themselves yeah and yeah. so they can sit there and they'll just blanket put everybody's name in and then as the episode comes up and they get all the information they'll sit there and start cutting stuff out editing it out and I yeah. think that's what's happened because now if you look at the the uh, credits for Michelle Lang who played Alex she was only in two episodes yeah of, of this show. And yeah, but how many times did they have her listed? Quite a bit. Yeah, they had. Yeah, it's inaccurate. Her... It was that's not done by anybody official, though. Right. So, you know. So now, it's just... did, how many times did they have her in the, in the show credits as they were playing on the screen? I don't know. Yeah, I have seen that with some shows, and some actors probably just get in their contract. It's like, well, whether you need me or not. I get credited for being on this show because it'll help my resume, you know. <laughs> right, and they can still get paid for it, yeah, ending yeah. what they wrote on their contract. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure all you know, when actors sign up for these things, they don't know exactly a lot of time. You know, not all the episodes have been written, so I mean, they go in with probably a blanket contract saying, "I'm in for this many episodes, and this is what I'm getting paid for." And if you don't use me, well, whatever, I still get paid, and I still get it on my my credit list. Right. I have no idea. Having never worked in Hollywood well, in any here, here, in any capacity, I'm just talking out my ass. Here's here, one but. to wrap. Here's one to wrap your noodle around. You know, a, a lot of times, based on you know, of course, what when you deal with movies with budget, there's a different scale of of um, how much an actor can make. Yeah. And a lot of it has to deal with you know how much meat they have in the role, how many lines they get to say, you know. All that. Right. How many? How much do you think Mark Hamill got paid for The Force Awakens? Uh, and and the, the funniest thing is that if you look at the the opening picture that they sent out when they started doing the original, maybe script about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to say nothing. To say nothing. But when they when they showed the first picture of the script reading, you see all the cast around on these couches and everything, and there's Mark Campbell with the script in hand with everyone else, and. What uh, what we find out later, just very recently, is that J.J. Abrams actually had him read all the narration in Meanwhiles uh, uh, cool. in that picture. But, you know, it's like it does make you wonder how much did he get paid for, for that yeah. and how much do each of the individual walkers get paid? Do you get paid more for getting a knife through your head? Uh, you know, but see, I don't those. I don't think that they do get paid. They are volunteers. Well, and they they're extras. They get paid as extras. Yeah, extras get paid. They don't. Yeah, you would think there's got to be some scale if you got to sit in in a makeup chair for X amount of time. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's hourly. But you're not going to get residuals or anything like that. Oh no, if you're an extra. Oh yeah. Lord, no! I I know that. Well, I don't know because sometimes, uh, from what I understood, they have thousands of people wanting to be uh, a walker, and so they just go and choose. Even some of the people in the crowd, 
that are watching them film that they can, you know, and they don't even care to get paid. They just want to be in it because they love it so much. And so that is, I think that's really cool that they get an opportunity to be on screen at all. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I have a friend who uh, he's missing his leg right below, below the knee, and so he actually gets uh, calls to be extras in movies, especially war movies, and you know stuff like zombie movies and stuff, just so that that you know they can have someone lose a leg or yeah. be sitting there without a leg or, or and not have to green screen it out or something. Yeah, yeah. and you know he was uh, he he actually got um, our our. Uh, late friend Sean Kaufman into uh, a bunch of movies, but he was in like the Universal Soldier, The Return, and a couple other uh, things that had been shot around here in the Metroplex, but uh, yeah, but you know, it's like uh, you know, for that kind of thing, you know, he's going to get paid uh, whenever he does that, Um, but yeah like the stuff that she's talking about where they're pulling, you know, people out of the crowd, yeah, they're not necessarily going to get paid and uh, they won't even get a credit, typically no, I mean, there's got to no, be a difference. No, you have to sit there and go, look, that's me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is, sure it is. You just pulled my leg, yeah. <laughs> All righty, well, I think we've done this one to death. <laughs> I think so. Um, I don't think I had any. It's so not a horrible episode, just horrible parts of it, man. It's just, uh, you know, I expect they'll they'll make me happy with lots of right. blood and gore next next week. But I fear, hope. Fear I the Walking really Dead hope show more of that than anything else. Well, I'd just like to send out a message to the Fear the Walking Dead showrunners. We are available. To Absolutely. Help you with the scripts. I have and, tons of time on my hands. <laughs> and I actually know a nine-year-old boy that can sit there and point out any faults in logic that you may have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then he'll never shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye. Anyway, just uh, want to throw that out there. Um, before I forget again, um, because I should let you do this every freaking week, because you got other shows on this network. But what is that? Uh, what else do you do around here? Right Brian? now, right now, I'm only on Third Degree Burn. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, the thing is, we have not had a new show out in about two months, and I am working on editing it. And I have so much mad respect for you guys that edit your shows, because uh, I am just going freaking nuts trying to get this thing done. <laughs> I've got all the uh, the the uh, voice edited right now. I just need to do my inserts and and such, and you know finish it up from there. But it is just killing me. And and the thing, the sad thing is, is that I've been trying to get my other show off the ground, which is the Adventures of Indie Hue, which is you know it's like uh, my own personal pop culture affidavit or, or or other things. But I'll never be just me alone. I will always have uh, a guest on the show to discuss the subject that. Uh, that we're going to talk about. In fact, Mike Carlisle and I are doing one on James Bond's, uh, the Mike Grell book, Permission to Die. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be the first episode of that, but I have no idea when that's going to come out. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's a little ways down the road, but I've already gotten the green light from Scott and Chris to to get that show, you know, on the Two True Freaks Network. So that's that's my plan. And, you know, and, and at some point, I'm pretty sure Beth is going to want to be on a show, just her and me putting our own little show together. Because we, we talked about doing it in the past, but uh, 
we'll, we'll see how things go as she starts working more. But uh, it's always a possibility. What do you think, babe? Oh, I think that's going to happen for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I will listen to that, definitely. Nice. nice. I also do a uh, thing called Weekly Heroics on this network and a couple other things that I haven't gotten to in a while. Um, no consoles, but you can still go back and listen to back episodes, so that's always good. And, Archiving is awesome. And you're going to get our, our land party episode out sometime soon, aren't you? One of these days. We may have to talk about that because there may be one. I may have to do something for Halloween to relaunch the show because I... Uh, now, I had an epiphany the other day of what I should do for Halloween this year. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Cool. Now, as I understand it, um, you have just binge-watched the first season of Supergirl. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. and very much enjoying that. And I think me and Mr. Hero are going to be hopefully starting to cover that next week. Well, um, it wasn't bad, right? It was really pretty good. I oh, really I loved like it. it. I liked it a lot more. And than now I that it's it. going to 33, we're going to be able to do a lot more with it because they they really get into their their superhero shows have, like Flash. Have you seen oh, yeah. the trailer for this new season with Superman on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just, it looks great. Uh, earlier it's, today I showed uh, it to Christopher. Now, very happy. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a version of it out there. Michael Bailey threw a link out to where they, uh, well, put, but he's pretty happy. Yeah. They put in all the, uh, <laughs> the music, the, the John Williams music. Yeah. I saw that. that. I know. Was, and yeah. You know, they're not doing it on the regular show, but man, that just pumped. It just amps it up and it gets you yeah. really excited for it. Um, some of the few complaints I've said, oh, he's just aping Chris Reeves' version. Like, and that's a bad thing. Why? It's <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even as huge of, you know. Did you watch Teen Wolf Old school at all? Superman is, is a lot of our fans on the network, but um, yeah, man, that's Scott, did stuff. you ever watch Teen Wolf at all? No. No, and I've heard it's pretty good, but it's just one of those that are. It is good, actually. And the thing about it is, is it's a teenage kids show, but damn, it's good. It keeps you watching, and not only that, the guy uh, who was on Teen Wolf is now on Supergirl, and boy, he is all cleaned up and no uh, five o'clock shadow. He looks so different. But he Not looks great. Assuming. Yeah, I, I, yeah I saw, it was just for the character. Yeah. I saw one of the uh, the teasers. They actually had uh, Winshot walk up to him and go, how do you shave? <laughs> and that, uh, I can't wait to see how they uh, they address that. Though I always liked the way they showed it in the cartoon and John Byrne represented it in a comic book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know, man. It's a it's a bold move by the CW and DC. I mean, I thought it was letting there be a TV Superman again without his own show, and you know, and he's wearing a suit. Yeah, and it's and he's Fuck, smiles and saves people. And okay, I'll stop now. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's something to look forward to. Now, the thing is, if uh, if the Superman episodes get so much. Ratings versus what the regular episodes do. Do you think that they will be pushed to maybe produce a TV also, series? That's my biggest fear is that it's going to get to that line and, and DC movie division is going to go, uh uh-uh, uh, you know, not unless we can make a hundred and, you know, $300 million off them. Yeah, exactly. And that would just be really kind of shitty to do. But you also don't want to, like, 
crush Supergirl, and and I've seen a lot of but like women always... writers concerned about that. That they're particularly the promos. You know, I've seen a couple people griping about. It. It's like, oh, it's her show, but they're focusing on him. And I feel like saying, well, it's like, of course, you know, they're they're going to a new network. They need to get people. It sucks that the world is like this. Okay, right. <laughs> but Superman is still going to sell more freaking tickets on TV. You know, or at least get people jazzed about it. And it's just, it's kind of a historical event, really. It's right. the first time real Superman's been in live action on TV since, what, the Lois and Clark show? Or, uh, I yeah, will not then, count the last episode of Smallville, I'm sorry. And yeah, then I'm with right, his then cousin. <laughs> What's that, Beth? And then with his cousin. And, yeah. And, and, he's, and they're both in suits. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be on screen with the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, oh, oh. we're not even going to see that in the Justice League movie. And right. I'm just like, that's that's the Justice League I kind of want to see, man. I, I, this would be like my dream. They have the dream TV Justice League for me right now. You know, it's like Flash, freaking Firestorm they could do, Adam, Superman, Supergirl, Green Arrow. It's like, oh, give it to me now. You know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, got a, we got a lot to look forward to. And don't forget Hawkgirl. Yeah, well, maybe (laughs) recast someone in that role. I wasn't real impressed with that whole storyline. And I'm a big old Hawkman, Hawkgirl fan, too. I like the girl that played Hawkgirl okay. I did not like Hawkman himself. And I didn't see a need to actually have him in there at all. They, They could have done the whole thing without him. And it would have been just fine. I always wanted to, I always liked Hawkman because sexism and, you know, that's just the way I was born. So that's the one I gravitated towards. Well, you, you know, the thing is, I, I never cared much for, for Hawkman. I mean, I read some of the Kubert stories when I was young and I thought they were okay. I never but, read much. I was just like the coolest, you know, that was Flash Gordon's Hawk people to me too. And Yeah, you know. but when they showed Hawkwoman or Hawkgirl on Justice League Unlimited... Yeah, that was an that awesome part. That sold me. They sold yeah. me with her there. And I just thought that was a really good thing. And this is one of the cards. You know, my wife doesn't really watch animated stuff uh, that much. And I think that she would actually enjoy Justice League Unlimited quite a bit because it gives you so much of the, the inner character, you know, interplay, all that stuff that went on with Green Lantern. Yeah, very adult Hawk relationships. Role. Yeah, the adult relationships. And yeah. Green Arrow yeah. actually being a left-wing liberal, <laughs> you yeah, know, blowhard. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, all, all those characterizations that you you don't see anywhere else. But, uh, yeah. the, you know, that, that, that particular show is probably DC animated at its finest. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. No, no, that's that's pretty much my, you know, my gold standard. I said I read, you know, a lot of older Justice League very sporadically. I never collected DC in any large number. I, I collected Burn, this Man of Steel run there for a while, you know, or at least the, the main, what was it, like originally like a six-issue limited series or something yeah. like that? Yeah. You'd be the man to ask. Um, and so that's like gold standard of my 80s Superman obviously and you know the in the TV show and then I'm kind of like all my experience with Justice League is either totally civil you know Silver Age or I really like the the relaunch in 
maybe it was the late eighties with uh, you know Blue Beetle and the and Justice League. Yeah, the Bwahaha. Yeah, that oh was, my I, God. I, see, I love. I that. collected that one for a while. Yeah, I love that. But see, I was Silver Age Justice League for a long time. The where they were in the satellite, twenty two thousand three hundred miles above the planet, they had the big satellite, and Firestorm had just joined. Firestorm yeah. and Zatanna had just joined, and that was back in the days when you had like uh, I believe Rich Buckler and Irv Novik, and just as George Perez was starting to work at DC. Yeah, and I, I read a lot of those, and of course that was right before Crisis on Infinite, before the before the Detroit era. Yeah. Um, but that, that that to me was Justice League in its heyday, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, we lost that for a good long time. And then with Crisis, you know, it just, <clears throat> you couldn't go back to the way it was, where you, you were Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were part of the Justice League. Yeah. And I did like the Bwahaha League, but I still felt like DC was missing something by keeping them out. I liked it because, yeah, I liked it because it was a weird, different lineup. And I, I kind of always gravitated when I'd ever – I read a lot of most of them at the library. You know, I had a good comic store, actually. Not store, but a, a storehouse of comics in our local library, which is where I read a lot of them. And I got handed down some from a cousin. And But I always liked the Justice League stories. I was never, like, a huge fan of, like, the Super Friends Justice League lineup. You know, uh. Batman, Superman – um, Aquaman, kind of the standards. Well, I mean, that was you know Super Friends proper that started off originally, and then you had the challenge of the Super Friends. Yeah, that was my favorite because you got the to Legion see, of Doom, and they had that yeah, that that Legion, lot of different characters. The Legion of Doom headquarters that basically looked like a Darth Vader mask stuck in the water. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you got to see Green Lantern and Flash, and then they had Apache Chief and yeah, the the really bad racial stereotype. Why, why did they have Why did they have Black Falcon instead of Black Lightning? No, I don't. And now we're getting a Black Lightning se- series yeah. in the Lantiverse, and I can't wait to yeah. see that because yeah, I, I read Black Lightning in the Batman family comic books. Mm-hmm. When when I was younger and buying comics in the seventies, you know, you get those giant Batman family books for a buck. They'd be like eighty page giants, and they would always have a, like an eight page uh, Black Lightning story in there. And they were always those were I always enjoyed those, and that was that was the Black Lightning that I knew where he had the the metal mask that would it was basically like a helmet that would make it look like he had a whole big afro. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see what they come with with, with Black Lightning here, but... Uh, Whenever I, so I'd, like, buy one off the rack for Justice League, at least, I always, like, you know, they always had the roll call, yep. of course. And I always looked for the weirder, you know, it's like, oh, is Green Arrow in there? Is Red Tornado in there? So, okay, I want this one. And it was always, like, the, the lesser-known characters, I don't know, which is why I love, like, you know... Flash and Arrowverse so much because you get to see so much and Legends of Tomorrow as crappy as that show can be too I still love that they've gone all in on showing us a bunch of different characters well I, I think Legends think you'd normally see Legends yeah. of Tomorrow suffers a lot of what Fear the Walking Dead suffers where they have to sit there and find a way to get the heroes in a particular situation, which always means that one of the characters that you already know and is established on the show is going to have to do something that just is against who they are. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest problem that show has because you know, you've got, you know, Captain Cold, who's supposed to be a bad guy, 
But now we're finding out he was not that really bad a guy, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was funny you said that because going back and reviewing the old flashes, his, his we, me and Hero just did, uh, you know, the first. The first appearance of, of him, you know, the first rogue on the Flash show. Yeah. And he was just ruthless. He was killing henchmen, you know, like the freaking Joker. And yep. he would just, he would ice anybody. Yeah, pun. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's a little more ruthless than we're led to believe in in Legends of Tomorrow that he's a little more honorable, not so murdery kind of guy. But he really kind of started out that way, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you know, it's it's a fun show, though, and it gives us something. Who would have thought ever that we would get Firestorm yeah. on the TV? An- yeah. Anywhere. Craziness. Who would have yeah. thought we're going to get Kid Flash? Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I, I ne- the thing is, I've not really sat down and watched enough Green Arrow to get sucked into it. And, and as I understand it, the, the first season is what's really holding me back. Because I understand the second season, it really picks up. And, of course, I wanted to see, I, I need to go there and watch that to see the how they developed Ray Palmer and the Atom and, and the other characters, how they bring in Ra's al Ghul and um, yeah. Deathstroke. Yeah, the Deathstroke storyline is really great. Um, and they start with the, the, the flashbacks on that in the first, you know, meeting Slade and stuff. Yeah, but. and then, you know, of course, we're hearing that in the upcoming Batman film that Deathstroke is going to be the major villain. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jared Leto's Joker. I guess we don't need you anymore. <laughs> he's going to get his own movie. Or he's going to be in the Harley Quinn movie. Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And of course, that's, I think he'll be in Harley with Harley Quinn for sure. But that's if they can. Because it's not. It's not a movie without him. Real, I mean, Har- don't get me wrong. Harley Quinn can carry a movie, but it's more interesting if you have that dynamic. I, I would think so. I don't really, you know. Yeah. More power to the ladies and all, but I don't know if I'll line up for a Harley Quinn movie if, if Joker isn't in it somewhere. <laughs> you would just to see how it comes out. Well, to give her the opportunity to prove herself that she's able to carry it without him. But damn, it would be great if he is in it so that dynamic in your head doesn't go away. Because it's like when you say when you say the Joker, you think of Harley Quinn too. And when you say Harley Quinn, you definitely think of the Joker. I Just my personal taste, I think they should have gone right to making him the, the main villain of, of the first solo Batman movie that Batflex going to do. And I don't know, maybe though. They've done too much Joker. They, I mean, in, in, in just, you know. No, they, they, the, they the, didn't do enough, though. I mean, in the Tim Burton, gonna... in the Tim Burton movie, you got the Jack Nicholson Joker. In the, yeah. the, the Chris Nolan verse, you got, you know, that Joker, the Heath Ledger. One Joker. out of three movies, though. And, and you know. <laughs> But and yeah, we, another we, Batman movie is going to make a billion dollars. So yeah, but we've know, been the, given, you know, we've already seen what this Joker, you know, is. What we need is, and and they kind of did it a little bit in, in Suicide Squad. Is we need a, a, a more historical perspective movie, just like a, a a history of the DC universe movie up to now, so that we don't just sit there and say, okay, so Superman came in and everything starts from here, because we now know that Batman has been around for a long time. Yeah, and all, all kinds of shit's been around for a long time. That's one of my maiden nitpicks with how they decided to build this little experiment of theirs, trying to, you know, 
do the Avengers without putting in the the road work, and and I think they're seeing diminishing returns. Well, it's, Suicide Squad is is pretty much embarrassing Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman at this point. You know, it's not the one that should have made the most money. But <laughs> well, I think you know that, that when you sit there and you look at the two different companies. And you look at, at the, the difference, you know, the thing is with the, with the Marvel characters, and you look at Civil War, how many ultra-powerful characters were in there? You had the Vision, you know, you had your Iron Man and, and, and War Machine, but they were actually brought down to Earth in the fact that, that actually they were pulling their punches a lot. Hmm. But, yeah. but the, the thing is, is that every one of them had the capability of being almost a street level character, and they were humanized right. in a, in a big way. Yeah, and that's what makes those Marvel movies com- uh, compelling because they don't necessarily have compelling villains. We've had Stain, Obadiah Stain, in the first Iron Man movie. We have we've had the Red Skull, which is a very two dimensional character. When you really look at it, because he's basically just Hitler on steroids, and I do, yeah, you know, uh, you know, yeah. um, you had what was it? We had Loki, who was by far the the, the most compelling villain in the Marvel universe. He's the most fleshed out. He's gotten the most screen time. Yeah, yeah, that's always been one of my big problems is is killing off, you know, their villain, and you know. Luckily, I mean the Netflix shows. Well, they even did it with Jessica Jones because you know Kilgrave could have gone on. Yeah, now that was um, that, Kilgrave was an awesome. Yeah. Purple Man was just an awesome villain. The Kingpin will get you so far, but you're going to have to give him some more skin in the game for him to be able to to come back from where he's been. Well, those, I mean, it's two different worlds because those have the advantage of, of being able to take the time to build all their characters. Right. You know, they got, those are 13-hour movies, yeah, essentially. But, but the so. rest of your Marvel movies, though, you've got so much in trying to create truly compelling villains. Now, the most compelling villain that Marvel's got is Doctor Doom. And he's not available. Yeah. Now, not in my lifetime. <laughs> I've said this on other shows, but I'll say it again right now. If Marvel ever gets to be able to use the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom, the best way to introduce Doctor Doom is to give him his own movie first. Do a Doom origin movie. All right. I don't even know if uh, Marvel Studios is quite that brave. I mean, they'd have to they'd have, they'd have to do the whole Fantastic Four again. Well, just they do it sure right. do. But if you okay, now, if you wanted to do a Fantastic Four movie to be able to bring into the Marvel universe as it is, I think that you ought to do it like uh, like a Scorsese film. Do a history of with like yeah. the thing narrating the history of showing it all with him just sitting there saying what happened so you can see all the events you can see the first Galactus thing you can see the you know the Silver Serpent well how see- cool would a, a film version of Marvels be and I'm sure you're that's, familiar with that's, Marvels yeah. yeah well Marvels is what inspired <laughs> me to sit there and think about that yeah Marvels oh, itself like- is, is, is one of my all time favorite comic book series yeah. uh, I thought that was just a perfect you know use of of that of that kind of art with that kind of story yeah. and you know Kurt Busiek is such a great uh, historian 
Yeah. In 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 Marvel Comics and what he did with Alex Ross and and, and the work on that, I still pull that book out and show it to people and say this is. And you don't even have to hire like all the actors, but you have giant man's legs walking by at one point or something, you know. And yeah, you never have to show Paul Rudd's face. <laughs> well, we're gonna get those um, those two competing TV series, one from DC, one from Marvel. They're basically versions of Damage Control. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about those too. And yeah. so we're gonna get. We hopefully will get some things, but it's mostly gonna be for laughs. I'm pretty sure. Wow, I didn't realize how late it is here. <laughs> That's all right. I know, man. I gotta pee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, poor Beth has been sitting here talking, listening to comic talk yeah. for half an hour or two, but and I'm have to you know put that in my show description now. Big long freaking tangents in this one, but. <laughs> Yeah. That's all right. It's, it's our show. We're entitled. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Scott, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, this has been your uh, Fear the Walking Dead cast. I probably said that earlier, but we still are, even though we lapsed into Weekly Heroes type stuff. And if you have a gripe, a fuss, if you have Anything, any of that. We would love to hear, since this is going to be out, I'll put this out tomorrow, hopefully, because it's Friday. If anyone gets to listen to this by this Sunday and wants to email us, like, their predictions, time-stamped, and, like, Deadpool stuff, you know, not the character, but who's going to die, we'd love to hear it, and you can email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com Um subject line for the walking dead or stop talking so much you losers or whatever you want to put in there um and uh that's it that's it's easy like that we're an easy podcast to get along with i think yeah. i love yeah. it hey scott have, uh, exactly. have you considered putting together a facebook group for us um yeah i will i i plan to because then we'll start dumping everything walking dead related there and 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 get some people talking to us on that site because that tends to be where people enjoy commenting more anyway no one does email anymore i guess but <laughs> we'll still take them we'll still read we'll actually read them on the air sure? even. yeah we will and you know you just inspired me are we are we showing up on itunes like the other shows do i i'm gonna have to look into that because somebody talked to me about weekly heroics and i didn't think that was showing up i'm pretty sure ours are though i'm gonna take but a I'll, I'll, real quick and see if yeah got i'll go into look into that there i mean we won't be doing reading any reviews today but i'll take a look there anyway well, we're doing but uh, doing pretty good in the downloads somebody's listening to us apparently so we do appreciate that that's absolutely great. yeah yep. all right well thanks a lot and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. I, I guess I'll, I'll take the bullet and do the extra long uh, the, the the synopsis next week since uh, I put this whole mess together originally. So I'll I'll finish it up. Uh, but looking forward to it. We're, we're hopefully we should have a couple guests next week. I think Professor Allen is penciled us in. And, and I'll be showing up. I sure will. Of course you will. Yeah. And, they, uh, they, yeah. We're not answering your phone next no, week. Remember? No. 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 Called into work stuff. <laughs> oh hell no! Oh, you got to go make that money <laughs> and shit. But no, show must go on. And as I said, we're gonna have guests. So uh, Mike Zumo, hopefully, I think is joining us too, and maybe Serotonin. Um. So yeah, we've got. And we're doing plan. this the following Wednesday. Are yeah. we doing it on Sunday after? No, we're doing it we doing? Wednesday as usual. And then okay. soon after that, we'll be gathering for our, you know, talk about The Walking Dead before we go into the new season and they crush our souls. So We have uh, not gotten a single review on iTunes. No, I, I've, 
I've had, I haven't gotten one on. Well, see, that's what someone asked me about Weekly Heroics, David Pascarella, I think, because he wanted to go give us a review, and I don't think we're on there, and I have to look into that too. But uh, no, you know, don't let it break your heart. I don't think I've ever gotten one for like yeah, no comments. But, but our, our listeners need to know if they leave us good reviews on iTunes. I'm talking five stars. Uh, it, it raises our visibility, so we can actually gain more listeners. Yeah, if you guys just, tell everybody, hey, this is a good show, because I think it's a good show. It's a lot of fun. I, do I enjoy too. doing it every week. We, yeah. we we fussed and fought to get ourselves to record this week. And, and believe me, elements conspired to prevent yes. us from recording. <laughs> Boy, they sure did. <laughs> they, they do that. Oh, man. But here I am. Here I am. Yep. Yeah, we oh. have a lot of fun with this too, guys. Uh, or I wouldn't be doing it because I'm all about the fun. Um, I'm all about like don't record without me. That's yeah. my show. Damn it! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is. Yep. All right, but uh, yeah, it, it just please send us something. Tell us how we're doing. Whether whether it's on Facebook and you know all three of us, of course, are on Facebook by our regular names. We're not hiding ourselves or anything or using any pseudonyms. And I don't, I don't see a lot of. Okay, I actually haven't actively searched, but I don't think there's a lot of in my own head canon. There's not a lot of other podcasts covering this Walking Dead show, so I think you know it'd be good for us to get out there. And as I said, if we ever get in the ear of one of the writers, who we appreciate your hard work, but we got some ideas. I think you'll like them. Yeah, maybe I, I think I'm going to take a screenshot <laughs> of what our info looks like and then I'm going to post it on my Facebook and put it right in the front so go. people know hey I'm podcasting that's now a, yeah that's my, my profession says I'm a producer at Demanza Corp so which is pretty much my only profession so. but alright that's enough of us tonight I guess <laughs> All right. they must be tired <laughs> I know I, I had high hopes of maybe staying up till 3 a.m. when Luke Cage starts tonight, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> but it'll be there when I wake up, and it'll be a nice present. True enough. And then you'll get to keep watching all day Yeah, long. that's pretty much the plan. Laundry day and Luke Cage day. That's what we're doing <laughs> on right. Sunday if I have my druthers. <laughs> all right. Good night, guys. Good night. Oh, good night. Good night. Bye. Riverdale. Bye. Con Dios. Love is but a song we sing Fears that we will die You can make the mountains ring Or make the angels cry Though the bird is on the wing And you may not know Fading in the grave
Together, try to love. 